0: With City Hall Park directly behind you, you are standing on Park Row. These beautifully ornamented old buildings and the blocks behind them and to the right comprise an important parcel of New York history, Publishers Row. In the 19th century, the city's newspapers and magazines were published in these buildings on a dozen blocks between what is now Pace University and Maiden Lane to the south, where the Federal Reserve Bank of New York is located. Dozens of papers appeared regularly. Just like today, large newspapers aimed at big audiences and many, many small publications aimed for the cracks in between. The Church published newspapers here too, although most of the members of the Church today are unaware of their existence. If you walked these streets in 1844, when the first of three Church papers appeared, you might have bumped into Edgar Allan Poe, Walt Whitman, William Cullen Bryant, and other American luminaries who wrote for these publications. The Sun was New York's biggest penny daily, but there were also the New York Tribune, edited by Horace Greeley, The New World, The Post, The Evening Mirror, The Knickerbocker, The Democratic Review, The Observer, The Courier and Inquirer, Broadway Journal, and many others. Parley P. Pratt and Orson Pratt published the inaugural issue of The Prophet, the Church's first newspaper in New York on May 24, 1844. Its printing office was at 68 Commercial Street. Afterwards, Samuel Brannan served as its editor. The cost to subscribe to the weekly paper was a dollar a year. In 1845, after 52 issues of The Prophet had appeared, the newspaper changed its name to The New York Messenger. At the same time, the paper doubled its annual subscription price to two dollars, You might wonder why these papers existed. There weren't all that many members of the church in New York at the time. Were they written to preach the gospel or to explain the church to others? No, not really. The purpose wasn't principally missionary work related. The papers were supported entirely by subscription fees and aimed at the members. The papers ran essays from church leaders, general news items about the church, and official church announcements. Each of the two newspapers ran for one year, The Prophet in 1844 and The New York Messenger in 1845. Publication ended in 1846, when events that you'll discover later on this tour took a dramatic turn south. But since we're in the neighborhood, let's jump ahead a little in time to 1855. Nearly 10 years had passed since The New York Messenger ceased publication, when Elder John Taylor arrived in town, president of the Eastern States Mission, and he started a new newspaper, The Mormon. The cover price? 5 cents. This was a much larger paper, and its purpose was considerably different from the earlier weeklies. The Mormon was a large paper in size. Imagine an issue of the New York Times today opened and then turned on its side. That is roughly the dimensions of The Mormon. The masthead of the paper was quite unusual. The masthead is a block on the front page that announces the paper. Today that's limited, usually, to type, but in earlier times, newspaper mastheads were quite fancifully illustrated. I'll describe the Mormon's masthead. Two large American flags unfurl under a brooding eagle, with outstretched wings leaning over them, sitting atop a buzzing beehive. Above the eagle is an all-seeing eye, like the one on the dollar bill. A large banner cascades down the center, proclaiming the Mormon. It's a crazy image, made even stranger by scrolls on either side of the beehive, one by Joseph Smith and the other which makes me laugh and says, Mormon creed, colon, mind your own business, signed with a flourish by Brigham Young. Looking closely, texts pop up everywhere, even on the white stripes of the flag. Truth will prevail, reads one flag, and on the other side, truth, intelligence, virtue, faith united. There are flowers growing in the center, see lilies is my guess, and beneath everything the following words, it is better to represent ourselves than to be represented by others. If the defensive tone didn't register strongly enough, John Taylor published in the first edition of The Mormon a mission statement for the paper, quote, To keep the immigrants who were coming into the country through the port of New York informed as to routes of travel and other matters pertaining to their welfare, to instruct the saints and investigators, and to correct the many false and slanderous reports which were continually put in circulation and to advocate the interests of Utah and the Mormons generally." In these days the church was under attack. Five brethren were given the assignment, to start newspapers across the United States to defend the Church. John Taylor set up shop here, directly between the New York Herald and the New York Tribune, the two newspapers most critical of the Church. The nation was captivated by polygamy at the time, and the Church was frequently misrepresented. Taylor sought a public balance. In this introductory address, in the February 17, 1855 edition of The Mormon, he wrote, quote, We have no particular standard, except the broad platform of truth, religious, political, social, moral, and philosophical. We are not bound down to any particular party or creed, either religious or political. It is true we are Mormon inside and outside, at home and abroad, in public and private, everywhere. We are so, however, from principle. We are such not because we believe it to be more popular, lucrative, or honorable, as the world has it, but because we believe it to be more true, more reasonable, and scriptural, moral, and philosophic, because we conscientiously believe that it is more calculated to promote the happiness and well-being of humanity in time and throughout all eternity than any other system which we have met with." The Mormon lasted two years until 1857 when Elder Taylor and the Eastern Missionaries were recalled to Utah because of the Utah War. Our next site is just two blocks down Nassau Street at the corner of Nassau Street and Ann Street.